Ekaya, Egaba Zokolo, the Borokoto Sekele, the Brena Catola, the Bobo, Legaba Zokolo, the Brena Catola, the Bala, Lagaba do Zokolo, the Brena Catoseke and Amaha, Engabo Zakele, the Brena Catola, the Boro, Rakato Sekele, the Brena Catola, the Bamba, Mangle, the Borokoto Sekea. Father, we praise and bless the name of Jesus tonight. We thank you that we have the privilege of coming right before your word tonight, humbly and respectfully. And we rejoice that we have access into the deep things of God by the Holy Spirit. So tonight we speak words which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spirituals with spirituals. And we rejoice that your people will be built up, equipped and edified. Veils will be destroyed, mindsets will be corrected. And the glorious light of the gospel will shine in the dark places of the earth. And we give you praise that by the end of this service we'll all be the better for it. In Jesus' precious name and every believer says a powerful Amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together as we say these words. I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody to, by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all the various platforms to this 30 days of glory service. And we're so excited to have all of our Aquibom State audience on Comfort FM, XL FM connecting to the service. Hey guys, you get ready. It's going to be a wonderful time of studying the word of his grace. All our house centers and campuses around the world is a joy to have everybody connected. And we're going to have a wonderful time. Grab your pen, your notebook, and your Bible, and you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get in to the word of his grace praise god forevermore all right <clears throat> we're still dealing with the legal and the vital work of salvation the legal and the vital work of salvation the legal and the vital work of salvation we've been on this for quite a bit now and we're still here looking at these details from the word of almighty god the book of hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Next verse. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to the will of God. Glory to God. Alright, so, we've been looking at the legality of salvation and the vitality of salvation. And I know we, we've, we've already seen that there are two things. Number one, the word spoken by angels, which brought recompense and dis, you know, which brought recompense for every disobedience. And the salvation that was given by the Lord, which is our escape from the law and its consequences. Yesterday I told you that the law is a man's covenant. Galatians chapter 3 verse 15. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 15. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannul it or added thereto. No man disannul it 
or added thereto. So the law is a man's covenant. And the only covenant that God had with man was his promise to Abraham. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. Titus chapter 1 verse number 2. In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So God has only one promise, the promise of life. The law of Moses walketh death. The Bible tells us that the law is not of faith. The Bible also tells us that the law is a man's com- commandment, um, co- commandment or covenant. That is why John chapter 1 verse 17 tells us that the law was given by Moses, but grace which is truth came by Jesus Christ. So grace which is truth by Jesus Christ or is Jesus Christ. Now yesterday we stopped at somewhere in the course of our teaching and uh, it was quite an exciting time yesterday as we began to look at the legality of salvation and on and on. So yesterday we said that Satan is an angel. Angels minister on the earth. He was always here. So when Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, where did Satan find himself on earth? Look at Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. He also himself likewise took part of the same. That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Next verse. And deliver them who through fear of death were subject all their lifetime to bondage. Or were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So when Satan was destroyed, he was still on earth. And when he lost his first estate, where was he? He was still on earth. When Jesus made a show of of them openly, I mean the spoils that he got from Satan's domain, where was Satan? Still on earth. He was not in hell. He has never been in hell. So when you hear the gates of hell, he was referring to, you know, to, to the domain or the authority of death. He was not referring to Satan. That's why he went, we went through that history yesterday to look at all the details. Satan has already fallen. It is that fall of Satan that makes him what he is. He has fallen. Jesus said that the prince of this world has been judged. That's what the Holy Ghost shows us from the scripture. He will receive that judgment eventually at the end of Adam's lease on the earth. But Adam's lease on the earth is still, is still you know, active. Now, let's look at the scriptures because it's important. We just explained a little about Satan. So that you will think of, you will not think of a fight. Because sometimes when we say Jesus destroyed Satan, people think of a fight. And there are times preachers will even tell you that Jesus and Satan were fighting. And they were in the midst of a fight. And from what we have seen, Jesus and Satan never met at all. Jesus didn't go to hell to meet Satan. He went to hell to pay the price of sin. He went to hell to pay the price of sin on behalf of man. So now the question is, who was the first person to be spiritually dead? Satan or Adam? Who was the first person to be spiritually dead? Satan or Adam? Well, the question is, who was hell created for? Was hell created before he tempted man or after he tempted man? Those are the kind of questions I like you to think about 
because we will answer them in the course of this discourse, either tonight or tomorrow or on Monday. But those are questions to think about. Who was first spiritually dead? Was it Adam or Satan? And who was hell created for? Now was hell created before he tempted man or after he tempted man? We will answer these questions. But remember, Satan was on earth. Satan was on earth. He goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He has never been to hell. Because if a man goes to hell and comes out, he is born again. If a man ever goes to hell and comes out, he is born again. Because all of us, we are dead in sins. And when we came into Christ, we were born again. That's the resurrection. So a man that goes to hell and comes out is born again. So Satan hasn't been to hell. Otherwise, if Satan was in hell and he has come out, it will mean that Satan is born again. So Satan has never been to hell. And Satan, you know, very important. The book of Revelation tells us that when a man goes to hell, he stays there waiting for the second death. He stays there waiting for the second death. That is why Satan is still on earth. Now also don't forget that Satan is an angel that lost his first estate. You know, just like himself and the other angels that accompanied him in rebellion. And you must also remember that those angels that fell with Satan technically are those angels we call demons today. Technically, they are the ones called demons. Some people say, but he doesn't have wings. Satan doesn't have to have wings. He has lost his first estate, meaning he has been dewinged. He has lost his first estate, meaning he has been de-angeled. Today, Satan is in Tartarus. Tartarus. But he is still an angel. He is not an angel because he is a spirit being. He is a spirit being because he is an angel. Take that again. He is not an angel because he is a spirit being. He is a spirit being. That is why he is an angel. He is a spirit being that served God. So he is now a spirit being that doesn't serve God's purpose. Because a spirit is eternal. A spirit is eternal. So when he went to hell, what happened? Because it's important to see that he didn't go with Satan. When Jesus went to hell, he didn't go with Satan. That's very important. Satan didn't go with Jesus to hell. Satan's dominion ends with men. Satan's dominion ends with men. So for Satan to have dominion, he has to be where men are. For Satan to have dominion, he has to be where men are. So the minute Jesus said, it is finished, Satan lost his total understanding. Satan's dominion with man remains on earth. So from the point Jesus said, it is finished, that was the end of Satan's understanding of everything that has to do with Jesus. Because after that, Jesus gave up the ghost. And from the time Jesus gave up the ghost, Satan didn't understand anything again. Because he couldn't decipher, neither could he comprehend the operations of what happened from the cross to the throne. It was a mystery to Satan. That's why yesterday we said, Satan didn't even know when Jesus rose from the dead. It was on the day of Pentecost and the healing of the man at the gate beautiful that Peter, I mean, Satan now realized that this guy is no more in the grave. 
he has written and he has must produce himself like he promised. Very, very important. Now, please pay attention. Do you know that there was confusion when he arranged soldiers to block Jesus from rising from the dead? Because he didn't even know what was happening. He was just, you know, walking by impulse. The Bible says, if he had known, meaning he's ignorant, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. If Satan had known what was happening in hell, he would have known when Jesus rose from the dead. But because he didn't know what was happening, he was in the dark completely on the events of the three days and three nights. He was totally in the dark. Now, Satan doesn't know beyond the man he is occupying. Satan's knowledge is to the limit of the person he lives in. So Satan only knows according to the capacity of the person that gives him accommodation. That means Satan knows nothing. Satan's knowledge is limited to the person whose body he occupies. It's very important. Satan doesn't know much. Now let us see how people enter hell. Because we said Satan didn't go to hell with Jesus. How do people enter hell? Luke chapter 16 verse 22. Luke chapter 16 verse number 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. The rich man died and was buried. Nobody carried him. Nobody carried him. No escorts. The rich man died and was buried waiting for judgment. But Lazarus was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Because today for us to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Alright. So those who die without Christ are kept in outer darkness till the day of judgment. Waiting for the second death. The second death is eternal damnation. Which is the harvest of unbelief. Which is the fruit of unbelief. Which is the result of unbelief to the gospel. Now moving through and fro was Satan's oppression on the earth. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. So the scriptures remain our borderline for learning. We cannot, you know, we cannot assume. Neither can we imagine outside the fulcrum of scripture. Scripture is the boundary of our learning concerning spirituals, concerning God, and concerning everything else that we learn. And that is why we must stay with the scriptures. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 20. Brother Peter said, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. No prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So Peter now tells us what the prophets were saying in the scriptures. In Second Peter chapter 1 verse 11. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 11. I mean First Peter chapter 1 verse 11. First Peter. First Peter chapter 1 verse 11. Searching what? 
or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified talking about the prophets when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow so what did the Holy Ghost inspire them to say the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow that was the message of the prophets that was accurate that was the only thing the prophet said that was of God. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. That was the only thing the prophet spoke that was accurate. Look at Revelation chapter 19 verse 10. Revelation chapter 19 verse number 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant. And of the brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In John chapter 5 verse 39. John chapter 5 verse 39. Jesus said to the Jews, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. So the scriptures testify of Jesus. So when the Holy Ghost came on those Old Testament prophets, they spoke of Jesus. When the Holy Ghost came upon the Old Testament prophets, they spoke of Jesus. What did they say of Jesus? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. But you know, that that is not all that the prophet said. They said many other things. But the most accurate. And the only thing they said. That we can take line hook and sinker. Is the sufferings of Christ. And the glory that will follow. Anything else they said. Must be subjected to Jesus' explanation. And any that does not agree with what Jesus explains. Is trashed. Anything they said that does not align with what Jesus says must be trashed. That's why we say that Jesus is the explanation of all things. Jesus is the explanation of all things. So the Holy Ghost inspired their speaking. And we call their speaking prophecy. The Holy Ghost inspired their speaking. And we call their speaking prophecy. Just like Isaiah. Just like David. They spoke about Jesus. What did they say about Jesus? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. The Holy Ghost will come on the prophets and they spoke the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. So what they have written is the word of God. What they have written is the word of God because the prophecy is the word of God. So the word of God in the Old Testament, listen carefully, the word of God in the Old Testament is the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. The word of God in the Old Testament, all through the books of the Old Testament, 39 of them, is the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. Who inspired them to say it? Who inspired the Old Testament prophets to bring the word of God? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. Please pay attention. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 and 2. God who 
at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets hath in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds take note of the word spoken in his son so the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow has been spoken so from Genesis down to Malachi, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow is the word of God. The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow is the word of God. That's why the Bible says, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The life was the light of men. That was the word of God in the Bible. The life which came from the word, which is the light of man. The light came unto his own. The light came unto his own. That light. Which light? The light spoken from Genesis to Malachi. The light spoken from Genesis to Malachi. Which light? The sufferings of Christ. And the glory that shall follow. The light. Which is the life. The light. It came to his own. The light came to his own. And his own received him not. The light came to his own. And his own received him not. He came to the world. And the world knew him not. But as many as received him. To them gave thee power. To become the sons of God. Question. As many as receive him where? As many as receive him in the scriptures. Which place in the scriptures? The light. Which light? The prophecy. Which prophecy of the prophets? What is the content? The sufferings of Christ. And the glory that shall follow. As many as receive him. In his sufferings. And in his glory. He gives them power. To become the sons of God. He gives them power or the right to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. Look at verse 13 of John chapter 1 verse 13. John chapter 1 verse 13. Which were born not of blood, talking of Jesus, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Next verse. And the word which is life, which is light, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, a glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What became flesh? What became flesh? What the prophets have been saying. What the prophets have been saying from Genesis to Malachi when that word arrived at Malachi, it took up a body in Matthew. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Alright? Look at verse 16 of John chapter 1. John 1, 16. And of his fullness have all we received grace and for grace. It's not that Jesus just appeared. Mm -mm. Jesus did not just appear. It was not a coincidence. It was not an accident. No, no, no. 
He is the light that shines in a dark place. He is the light that was shining through the prophecies, through the prophets. In the midst of darkness, he was the only light. So when you read Genesis, you have darkness all over. The only light in Genesis is the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. There was darkness and then the prophecy came. The seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. There was darkness and the prophecy came. Put the blood on your doorpost. And when the angel of death shall see the blood, he will pass over. So the message of Christ in prophecy was the only light that traveled through the darkness over the centuries and took off flesh and became a personality and dwelt among us. And when we saw him, we saw his glory. We beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And when we looked again, we saw that he was full of grace, which is truth. And of that grace have we all received grace and for grace. Are we still in the building? So now that light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. That light shines in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. So those things spoken by the prophets now became flesh. All of their prophecies became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of the Godhead. So all of the prophecies, the word of the Lord, took of flesh. So like I said, Jesus didn't just appear coincidental. Neither did Jesus appear accidental. No, there was light shining. There was light before the, light, before the world. There was light before the world. John 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning, actually it should read, before the beginning began, was the word. Alright? Before, it's just grammar. The interpreters had grammar issue. In the original, is before the world began, there was the word. And the word was with God before the world began. And the word was God. In the beginning, all things, Genesis. So before Genesis, the word. Then in Genesis, all things were made by him. Him who, the pre-incarnate. The pre-existing one. The pre-incarnate deity. Alright? Deity. And he became the light that shone in the darkness. So those things spoken by the prophets now became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus now began to read when he showed up in humanity. When he took off flesh and walked among us, he began to read the scriptures to see what has been written of him. Since his arrival was not coincidental, neither was it an emergency, it has been written. So now, it was his responsibility to find out what was said of him to prepare him for what is ahead. He had to find out. So look at Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Now, before Luke chapter 4, please look at Luke chapter 2. Jesus began to read, so you will know what is in the scriptures. Alright, because he didn't come with the scriptures. Uh, he didn't come with the scriptures. He didn't come with he didn't come with intuitive knowledge. Uh -uh. Luke two forty six, Luke chapter two, verse forty six to forty seven. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. He was hearing them, learning and asking questions to confirm what he is learning. Just like we are doing in 30 days of glory. We teach, 
Then we sit down, we answer questions to confirm what we said so that the hearers are established in what they heard. Alright, so he was asking them questions. Verse 47, Luke 2, 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. They were astonished at his understanding and answers. Now remember how he was able to do this. He grew in wisdom. How do we know that? Luke chapter 2 verse 40. He grew in wisdom. It was not automatic. And the child grew and worked strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So he grew. He learned. Now he had grown. He has seen himself throughout the scriptures. He didn't start ministry until he had known who he was. Jesus didn't start ministry until he had known who he was. When he grew in stature, he went into the temple and as his custom was. Luke chapter 4 verse 16. Luke chapter 4 verse 16 and 17. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. Next verse. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. He was studying and looking for himself all through the scriptures. And he found Isaiah 60. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance, not to pray deliverance. Deliverance is a message, it's not a prayer. I don't know why people are struggling with that reality. Maybe English is becoming a problem. To preach deliverance, put it up. To preach deliverance, because deliverance is the forgiveness of sin in the gospel. And recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Next verse. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Next verse. And he closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fasting on him. Next verse. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Why did he say this? He pointed this fact to himself. This day, I am the fulfillment of the scripture. I am the one the scriptures were written for. I am the reason for the scriptures. Meaning, if you read the scripture and you can't find me, you are in darkness. If you read the scriptures and you can't find Jesus, you are groping in the dark. Because he is the only light that shines in the dark. So if you can't find Jesus in your reading of the Bible, you may end up in Islam. You can read the Bible and become a Muslim. You can read the Bible and end up in occult. You can read the Bible and end up in prayer house. It depends on what you are looking for. Because the only thing you should look for is the light that shines in the dark place. And that light is concealed in a prophecy, which is the sufferings of Christ and the glory that shall follow. That is the light that lighted every man that cometh into the world. That is the light that the darkness cannot comprehend. That is the light that shines in the dark. 
Metoba, Katebe, Kalida, Kalato, Beleka, Nakata. When you arrive at that light, the Bible comes alive. When you arrive at that light, the Bible becomes meaningful. When you arrive at that light, you encounter life. When you arrive at that light, you encounter life. Until you arrive at that light, the Bible is a storybook. Until you arrive at that light, the Bible is history. It is that light that shines in the dark place that brings life into a man. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light of man. So Jesus came in the scripture as it has been spoken of him. Who did God show that the Holy Ghost will come on Jesus? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Who pointed Jesus out? John the Baptist. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Who was the last prophet? John the Baptist. Who closed the book for the prophets? John the Baptist. Who was the last person from whom Jesus learned? John the Baptist. So Jesus came in the scriptures as it has been spoken of him. The last person to whom the spirit did signify of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow was John the Baptist. John the Baptist. So you know what John said? He that cometh after me shall not baptize with water. I, John, am the one baptizing with water. But the mightier than I does not use water. The mightier than I does not use water. So today the question will be all the people fighting for baptism. Who is baptizing you? Jesus or John? Case closed. That's the end of the argument. Because if it's Jesus, Jesus does not use water. Jesus baptizes with the Holy Ghost. What is Holy Ghost baptism? Salvation. And there is only one baptism. One faith. One. Ephesians 4, 5. One baptism. And once you are baptized into Jesus, you are baptized. You don't need water. Water does not play any role in the salvation of a man. Now, please, this is very important. That is the height of revelation. Seeing Jesus in the scriptures. The height of revelation. So this is Jesus in Matthew twenty-two forty-two. 42. Please pay attention. Matthew twenty-two forty-two, Saying, Jesus is saying to Jewish people, What think ye of Christ? I love Jesus. I just feel like dancing. I love the way Jesus, you know, function among men. What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, The son of David. <laughs> the son of David. Next verse. <laughs> he saith unto them, How then? How then? Doth David in spirit call him Lord? If he's the son of David, why should his father call him Lord? Saying, next verse, The Lord said unto my Lord, The pre-incarnate said to the incarnate, Yahweh said to Adonai, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit down on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. Next verse. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Hmm. If David called him Lord, 
How is he his son? Jesus is opening their minds to the scriptures. The Lord said unto my Lord. Now look at verse 46. Same scripture. And no man was able to answer him a word. Neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. He gave them an end of discussion. He shut their mouth. All those Jewish people that were very critical. In Luke chapter 4, he spoke about Jonah in the whale's belly. They were wondering how he knew these things. Because he was always making reference. Have you not read? Have you not read? Have you not heard? He was always making reference. Have you not read that David, when he was hungry, took his boys and entered the temple and ate shoe bread, which he was not qualified for? Have you not read that man is not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath is made for man, and I am the Lord of the Sabbath? And they were wondering, this small boy, how does he know all of this? He's the one that the scriptures were written for. And on arrival, he gave himself to studying. He gave himself to reading. To finding out what was written concerning him. Are you still in the building? Alright. So, he had seen himself. He had understood who he was. From his birth, to his life, to the miracles he did. He never said... I came for. I came for. Mm -mm. Jesus never said that. He never said I came for. He kept saying I am the life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am. He never said I came for. He always said I am the resurrection. I am the life. That was the comprehension of the scriptures. The comprehension of the scriptures is that Jesus is. Jesus is. The comprehension of the scriptures is that the scriptures are about a person. I am. The prophets will say, thus saith the Lord. This was not this. This was not thus saith the Lord. This was the Lord speaking. Jesus didn't come to speak for the Lord. Jesus was the Lord speaking for himself. In the conduct and the practice of Jesus. Both in his word and in what he did. Both in his word and in what he did. When he went to the cross, glory to God, listen carefully now. When he went to the cross, he went in the same breath God has spoken. Because everything he did now was as it was written. Because he came to fulfill what was written both by conduct and by his example and everything. Alright? So when he went to the cross, God spoke through the prophets and he spoke in the incarnation of Jesus. So when Jesus went to the cross, God has spoken. So Jesus cannot be confused on the cross because whatever he was doing there, God has spoken and it was written and he has studied it. And he knew it. So nothing took him by surprise. That's why when they came to arrest him, he said, gentlemen, the betrayers are at hand. Because he knew exactly what the time was. He knew the timetable. He knew the schedule. Glory to God. Nothing took him by surprise. When he was born by Mary, God had spoken. What was it? 
when he was anointed in river Jordan that God spoke. Well, we're going there. God has spoken. Now watch what he said to his people. In Luke 24, 25, he said to them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? All that the prophets, all, all, all that the prophets, how did the prophets speak? To believe all that God has said in the prophets. All that God has said in the prophets. What did God say in the prophets? The sufferings of Christ and the glory that will follow. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So in Acts chapter 1 after his resurrection. He taught them about the kingdom. That kingdom was about him. He is the kingdom. Jesus is the kingdom. So from his birth to his ministry to his death. Jesus spoke the scriptures. You didn't hear that. From his birth to his ministry to his death. Jesus spoke the scriptures. He understood it. So he altered it. I am the resurrection and the life. Who is the resurrection? Jesus. Who is the way? Jesus. Who is the life? Jesus. Who is the truth? Jesus. Then he said, I can of myself do nothing. What I see my father do, that I do. My father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. We will get there tomorrow in the first service. My father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the work. So when he went to the cross, and let's say this is Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. Hmm. Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 verse 3, Isaiah 53 verse 3, surely he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Next verse. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did, we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded. Next verse. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. And on the cross, Jesus repeated the same thing from Isaiah. John said it. Jesus said it. Question. What was Jesus doing? What was he doing? When he went to the cross and said, it is finished, he was fulfilling the scriptures. He was fulfilling what David prophesied in Psalm 22. So everything is according to the scriptures. Everything is according to the scriptures. When he, was, he, when he went to hell, he said, you will not suffer your holy one see corruption. You will not abandon your holy one in hell. What was he speaking? The scriptures. The word of God concerning himself. The word of God concerning himself. When the prophet spoke, it was there. When the prophet spoke, 
the words of the prophet had power within it to accomplish itself. Within the words of the prophet was the power to make the words come to pass. That's why you don't pray for Jesus to rise from the dead. <laughs> the words that were spoken, the light, those words were pregnant with power. They were pregnant with power. So, when the prophet spoke, the power to accomplish it was there. That will mean that in the resurrection, the Holy Ghost did not travel into hell to bring Jesus out. Because the words of the prophets had the power of the Spirit in them. So all Jesus needed to do was to know what was said and speak it. To know what was said and speak it. When the things of the spirit, scriptures came to pass, it was because there was power in it. There was power in the scriptures. There was power in the scriptures. When the prophet spoke by the spirit, those words were pregnant with power to bring them to pass. That's why the angel said to Mary, none of God's word shall be void of power. Every word that comes out of God's mouth is self-confirming. You don't pray for God's word to come to pass. Uh -uh. The power to bring it to pass is inherent in it. It is self-anointed. God's word is self-empowered. Netolayana. Kebadaya. When you look at the book of Genesis, Genesis, there was a little bit of distortion in Genesis 1. And people didn't understand. When you hear in the beginning God created heaven and earth, the next statement is there was toho boho. There was toho boho. Hebrew, nothing, nothing. Toho boho. <laughs> That's why there's nothing like pre-Adamic race. Because after Genesis, if Genesis 1 was toho boho. Nothing, nothing. Nothing, nothing. Now, in the midst of toho boho, the earth was without form void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, light be, light was. That light was not physical light. And when God said, nothing was on it. It was toho boho. Nothing was on it. Those two scriptures have nothing to do with the creation of the earth. Because if you read furthermore, you see where the earth was created. So those two scriptures had to do with the revelation given to Moses about salvation. The earth in scripture is symbolic of the heart of man. The parable of Jesus. The soil is the heart of man. The earth is the heart of man. So when it says the earth was without form and void and darkness, it means man was without the knowledge of Christ. So when God said light be, Jesus is the light that shineth in the dark. So it was the gospel of salvation given to a man without God. 
That means the first revelation of the Bible is God's salvation plan because the Bible is a salvation book. The Bible is a salvation material. God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown where? In our hearts. In our hearts. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Next verse. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Next verse. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Six. Now pay attention. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts. Genesis 1, 1 to 3. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face, in the face of Jesus. The heart of man is the soil. And that was exactly what Moses saw about God's salvation plan. But when we come to the epistles and look back at the scriptures, they assume the form of a man. When we come to the epistles, and look back at the scriptures. The scriptures assume the form of a man. The word became flesh. They assume the form of so many statements. But when you come to the epistles. The scriptures testify of Jesus. Not they speak about him. They speak of him. The scriptures do not speak about him. The scriptures speak of him. They speak of him. Or the scriptures is someone altering something. Someone altering something. Not that they speak about Christ. They speak of Christ. Why? For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of Christ that was in them testified. Or the spirit of Christ in them testifying. Look at Galatians 3.8. You will love this. And the scripture foreseeing that God will justify foreseeing speaking like a man. The scripture foreseeing that God will justify the hidden through faith the scripture preached before the man called scripture preached before the gospel unto Abraham saying in thee shall all nations be blessed. I am an I. So the scriptures attaining the status of someone. The scriptures attaining the status of someone. The scriptures preached before the gospel to Abraham. A person. Yes, is a man. The scripture is a man. He assumed the status of a man. That's how the epistles view the scriptures. The scriptures in the light of Christ. 
Yeah. The scriptures in the light of Christ. This could only have been done by brother Paul. Only brother Paul had the audacity to speak like that. So, when Jesus told them, are you fools not to understand all that the prophets have spoken not to understand. He now expounded diharmonia. He now interpreted. So every time those prophets were speaking, it was Christ Jesus being uttered to humanity. Every time the prophets spoke, it was Christ Jesus being uttered to humanity. The word of God. He saw Abraham and Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. He saw it and was glad. He saw my day. Abraham saw my day, Jesus said. He saw it and was glad. How did Abraham see his day? He saw his day in the scripture. So every time Jesus was talking to Satan and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by everyone that proceeded out of the mouth of God, he was talking about himself. When he said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God, he was talking about himself. When he said to Satan, You shall worship the Lord your God, he was saying, You shall worship me. And only me you shall worship. He was talking about himself. When the devil said, If you be the son of God, command these stones to be bred, Jesus spoke as the son of God. The son of God shall not live by bread alone. <laughs> the son of God shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. So the son of God is every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. The son of God is every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. He spoke about himself because the scriptures are centered around him. When he said Christ, or when we say Christ, is the explanation of all things. Is the explanation of the scriptures. It needs to dawn on you. That's why I'm taking time to lay this foundation because of the things we're going to be saying tomorrow. It's not about him. It's of him. It's not a story. It's about him. So Hebrews 10, 7 as I round up tonight, talking about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. I come in the volume of the book. So he came in the volume of the book. What do you mean by volume? He came in the totality of the scriptures. He came in the totality of the scriptures as the personality of the scriptures. The volume, the totality. That's why he says to them, the scriptures cannot be broken. Can't you see that the scriptures have come in a person? The scriptures have arrived in a personality. The scriptures cannot be broken. You know what you told them? So the scriptures are the revelation of Christ, as we shall see later, is his sovereignty of God over all creation. It's his sovereignty of God over all creation. I repeat, so the scriptures or the revelation of Christ, as we shall see later, is his sovereignty of God 
over all creation. That is where God is God. And in it, he doesn't have man without an option. Man always had an option. Galatians 2.20, my last scripture for the night. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Brother Paul, when we come into the epistle, we have seen that when Jesus went to the cross, he was fulfilling the scriptures concerning himself. How did he get to the cross? He spoke words concerning the Christ. He spoke words that Christ will suffer and that he will enter his glory. That was the revelation of the law and the prophets. That was the revelation of the law and the prophets. Alright, so we enter the epistles. Brother Paul now said, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So the question I want to leave you with tonight is, on what basis then is a man saved? On what basis then is a man saved? That's where we'll begin from tomorrow. But let me give you a little bit of an idea. There is a legal ground for your salvation. There is a legality to your salvation. Salvation is not a sentiment. There is a legality to salvation. There is a legal ground of your salvation. So, at what point did Jesus identify with us? He identified with us in the incarnation. Then, he was made sin. Then, he was made a cause. So, what is hell? Hell is the result of being spiritually dead. Hell is the result of being spiritually dead. Hell is not where you are spiritually dead. Hell is where spiritually dead people go. Hell is where spiritually dead people go. Glory to God. So everything Jesus did was according to the scriptures. He died according to the scriptures. He was buried according to the scriptures. He rose the third day according to the scriptures. And the good news is the legality of our salvation there is he didn't do it for him. It was legal in that he did it. But now it is legal in that he did it on my behalf. So when he died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. When he rose, I rose. I have been crucified. Brother Paul took it from it being Jesus and brought it into identification. He brought identification, which is the core revelation of the New Testament. If he had done it for him, I'm useless in it. Now where it becomes vital, where it becomes vital, we have seen the legality, where it becomes vital now is the identification with me. That all he did becomes mine. 
That's the legal and the vital work of salvation. We, we are starting into that. Tomorrow is going to be explosive in this. Stand on your feet. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> Glory. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we pray for everybody under the sound of my voice this evening. Thank you for grace. Thank you for light. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for the eyes of men and women's understanding being flooded. We declare that the revelation of Jesus covers the earth as the water covers the sea. We decree that veils are falling up. Men and women are coming into this glorious truth of the gospel. And we celebrate our identification and the legality of our salvation in Christ Jesus. And we rejoice tonight because this is ours in Christ. And we thank you Lord that everyone connected to this service that has any form of infirmity or affliction. We command the devil take your hands off in the name of Jesus. Sick bodies be healed. Be healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer shout that amen on a note of finality. Glory. Amen. Oh my goodness. We want to quickly take up your offerings. In two minutes, I'll be with Mr. Michael Bush. who is already in the building. So good to have you here, man. And I'm excited tonight. Pastor Praise is in church with me tonight. <laughs> and Elder Praise, both of them are with me in the service tonight. Uh, after not being together in this building for how many months now, Pastor Praise? <laughs> this is like uh, five months or six months. You left me alone here. My God, my God. <laughs> Glory! Pastor Praise, so good to see you tonight. Bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. What a joy. Alright, so everybody grab an offering wherever you are. Grab a good offering. You know, we want to give in honor of Jesus. We want to give in worship. We want to give us our collective responsibility to advance the kingdom of God. And every time we give, we give in response to what Jesus has done. Remember, there is nothing we have that has not been given to us. All that we have is what he gave to us. And we respond in faith. We respond in responsibility and we respond in obedience so that through our generosity this gospel flows the nations of the earth and thank you for responding tonight wherever you are all our partners and friends who have consistently been giving and giving and giving to this ministry i want to thank all of you i want to appreciate you and remember god is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love wherein you do minister and continue to minister to the saints. God is not. You gave once and again and again unto my necessity. And what is my necessity? Necessity is laid on me and woe is me if I preach not the gospel. So thank you for giving to get the word of God out to the nations of the earth. Lift your offerings tonight up, Father. We rejoice that we give in faith, we give in worship, we give with joy. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you tonight and we're grateful for the opportunity to make a difference in the advancement of the gospel through our givings. And as we give tonight, we rejoice that the blessing is upon our offerings and we thank you for this privilege. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise God. How centers you take up your offerings and all the campus and those online, there are banking details on the screen. Radio audio when I connect with Mr. Michael Bush he will read out the banking details for you to connect and I'm so glad Pastor Rex all the way from Lagos and Pastor Chubese is also here with me tonight. Love you guys so good to have all of you. We're having a blast in this building tonight. Alright? Praise God. Alright, one minute from now we'll be joining Mr. Michael Bush. Give your offerings and get ready. Invite more people as we hook up to the other segment of the broadcast. Let's celebrate viewers around the world tonight. Glory to God. Hallelujah. By this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino, please call 0809-242-0111.